Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, episode 139. We are back, and this week, folks, we are joined by Olympic Media Liaison Officer Kathleen Polito, uh, talking about her time working with the women's uh, bobsled team from Jamaica. Uh, that crazy story about their new bobsled, her deal with Red Stripe, all that cool stuff that's going on. Live from Pyeongchang, it was a very strange experience. Uh, also, folks, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, all the history lessons, talking about Fergie's destruction of the National Anthem, uh, and we're going to, of course, have a serious conversation about the Parkland. Uh, all that, plus much, much more, folks. Uh, we will be uh, happy to have you back here once again, like always. Um, I'm still sort of sick. You can hear it in my voice, can't you? It's rough. <laughs> I don't have a coffee. I didn't make coffee before I'm we started the show today. Disappointing. What, did you want coffee today? I'm good. I'm you never take coffee. Lately enough. I haven't, but I'm, I'm back. Are you back on mm-hmm. coffee now? Two weeks now. All right, so why why were you not taking coffee? Was it like... <laughs> like like indigestion. Indigestion. Yeah, like old people stuff. I see. Millennials don't get that. They don't get that. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well. Just everyone knows now I, you know I have indigestion. It's great. Awesome. Great. Thank you so let's much keep, for that. Let's keep moving forward. You were really laughing at me, making fun of me over here, and you turned this around on me. Welcome back. It was all you. <laughs> I know. Jesus. Welcome back to the show, oh. folks. Uticast episode 139. I am your host, producer, Sam Famolaro. Joining me as always, Heather Wazlowski. Okay, is that my fine. real last name? So <laughs> Heather Janicki. It's wrong too, but we'll keep going. Whatever. <laughs> Heather from Twitter. Heather from Twitter. <laughs> Kevin's here, as you can hear. Here uh, I am. And uh, it's episode 139. We are joined this week. It's been episode 139 for a long time. Uh, yeah. No, last, last week. Last week, 139. 139. <laughs> I like how you rolled back the page. Like, no, last week Wait, it was 138. It. Wait, no. Well, yes. well, yeah, I can it was still. 136 last week. I can still count. <laughs> yeah, I 140's coming up. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Another another exciting week. Kathleen Polito is here. Actually, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we don't normally do interviews uh, over the Google Hangouts via satellite. Via satellite. Awesome. Gotta get the uh, lingo down. Yeah, but Kathleen live from Pyeongchang for the Winter Olympics. I almost said Summer Olympics. Winter Olympics 2018. <laughs> she is the media liaison officer for the women's Jamaican bobsled team who are uh, running tonight and well now as we record this and tomorrow as you hear this. You never really know with the Olympics. Hard to tell when could, it's on the other side. Could be on any time. <laughs> Nobody really knows what's happening. Even when it's live, I feel like I'm watching highlights from earlier. Yep. It's true. You know what it is, too? Because I think what's going on is they, like, they'll play it live sometimes as early in the morning because the time will match up. Mm-hmm. But then they'll also like repackage that and play it again later in the evening as a more concise show for the American audience. And that throws me off because I can't tell what's going on. I like the American not. version better just because it's more interesting to watch. Well, because they condense it down. You don't mm-hmm. have to watch every qualifying thing. Yep. Um, although, depending on the sport, I'm sort of liking the fringe ones. Like, Kevin and I, we watched Biathlon. That was a lot. I watched Was that it the biathlon. skiing and shooting? Skiing and shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I thought it was it was surprisingly captivating. I've been I, watching <laughs> everything. I've been liking everything. I, really I have enjoyed it. it. There's something I said, we said last week, there's something about the sort of fringe nature of the events. Yep. They're like sort of weird sports, kind of. The skeleton, ever since Kevin said that, I'm totally into watching it. I was saying, I was saying when we were watching some Olympic coverage over the weekend, um, it's weird because all the events are kind of different versions of the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like they've got six or seven elements and they mix them together in different ways to make <laughs> events. Like you've got like sliding yeah. and jumping. <laughs> And sliding and jumping are both yeah. very big, and you just—it's like the Taco Bell menu. You've yes. got seven things <laughs> yeah. in the kitchen. It's the Taco Bell You've is got sports. seven things in the kitchen. You're going to sell it as 25 different things, but it's just different combinations <laughs> and match stuff. Yeah, that's a great way to. You add a frisky it. bonus item in there once what, in a while. What else they got? They've got sliding and jumping. Mm-hmm. Sliding, jumping, twisting, shooting. twisting, twisting is jumping. You're yeah. twisting while jumping. Skating. Spinning, spinning is twisting. Spinning is not jumping. No, it's not. Spinning is spinning. Okay, spinning so, so, okay so spinning. Spinning while jumping. <laughs> spinning <laughs> on the ground. All flip. sorts of spinning. What about flipping? Spinning down the a hill. Flip? Is a flip a spin? Rolling down the hill. A flip? Uh, yeah. Wait, who's okay. flipping? Yeah, nobody. Nobody's flipping. This is I mean, some of the snowboarders are flipping. Oh, yeah, they are. I, I would like... There's probably... I'm going to make my case again this week for the Winter X Games. They've got to get some <laughs> snowmobiles out there, put some dirt bikes on the snow snowboard courses. Give it time. Give it time. What are your thoughts on uh, summer Olympic sports played in the snow? So, like, uh, just soccer, but in a snow, <laughs> the pitch has snow on Stop it. trying to make soccer be a four-season <laughs> sport. Not, it's not going to be a four-season sport. Basketball, but outside in the snow. That would be kind of uh, I've done that when I was young, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's not good. It's horrible. more entertaining for me to watch. I would watch it then. I would watch we used to like to play every day in my neighborhood when I was growing up, and we would, like, try to shovel the driveways or shovel the courts, and it was just <laughs> not fun or good. We did it, but it was bad. Um, I was, we were going to talk Olympics at the end, I guess we'll do it here, uh, you know, Erin Hamlin finished her run last week, uh, she came in sixth in the luge, even though I predicted gold, so I guess mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I jinxed her, sorry, sorry. It's all your fault. I know, my bad. Uh, but listen, we're all very proud of Erin, uh, matter of fact, there's a really good Deadspin article about Erin this week. I saw that. Yeah, uh, Maiden Utica shared it, so if you get a chance, go ahead and read that, um, send her good wishes on Twitter, uh, excellent, like, uh, for runner for the, the what do you call it? She held the flag. She's a flag bearer. She represents the She was on an airline commercial, too, I just saw. She's on every Adirondack Bank commercial. Yep. <laughs> That's the thing. If you're, if you're an Olympian, you, you're not going to go pro in, like, the lose or something, so make that money from whoever will give it to you. I'd be on commercials for everything if I had any gold medal clout. Yep, in a heartbeat. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to her. Uh, also, there was a wardrobe malfunction in the Olympics last night. Did you see that? Yeah. I felt bad. What happened? Well, I felt bad because they didn't seem to catch it until... It was on super slow mo replay when they were spinning in on like let's take a look at the, oh look at the lines on oh uh, it was it was sort of like that episode of Seinfeld where Elaine took the Christmas card picture right and everyone's looking at it and he's like I think I see a nipple in there and that's kind of what it was like felt bad for the poor that's lady. the second girl that's happened to that well maybe it's because they wear like these strange like what sport these people are buttoned up head to toe well, no the figure I'm skating. skating. Oh, they just I had a, you were all talking these, about two of the like, women. They just had a little plaster on the back of their neck. There's a little tiny oh, plaster. Oh yeah, I could see women really came Is that just because? Is the the outfits are part of the show, right? Yeah. Like you get scored on wearing. Yeah, you gotta yeah. look good. You can't yeah. be out there and. You can't be like a whole suit body. Like well, that's kind of what I mean. Like, like snowsuit. Would the event be judged differently if they were just wearing the same thing as the losers? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh 
It's on like, what, it would probably be judged the same, yeah, but... Is there a... Like, it's the, all the, pageantry the, with that. The, the, right, so... You can't, the, take, the costumes you can't take the costumes away. I like you could wear a pretty right. costume and I have one thing holding it together. One tiny <clears throat> little bitty clasp. Well, yeah, you probably could, and these people have certainly learned that this time. <laughs> I hope she does, I mean... <laughs> Just may not care. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Uh, that was that's all the Olympic coverage I got. We'll get back to that in just a minute. Uh, Heather, I saw you doing a little Olympic training. I know. I thought it was cool. My husband's been trying to get me to do the skate skiing. Skate skiing? Is that like cross-country? It's like cross-country, but you are like skating, skating on, on skis. skis. So it's like ice skating, but on skis, but cross-country, and you're going up hills, and you can't go down hills like skis because you got to control and you crash, which I did. And, um, <laughs> are you all right? It, no, my neck hurts. No, oh. I'm fine. I'm here. But um, oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> I survived. I mean, am but I my, a survivor, Sam? Yes. Yeah, but I do, that's how I feel. I do have a lot of pain. But my husband's been trying to get me to do this for a long time. He went and bought me boots and got me skis, so I did it. As a survivor, she's not going to stop. She's going to work harder. She's a survivor. It's not even the lyrics. Those are parts of the lyrics. Those are some of the lyrics. It's close enough. Anyway, um, it's hard. Uh, don't try it unless you want to fall on your ass a few times. Um, Can you snowboard? I've never snowboarded. I want to try, though. Mm. I just do a lot of backcountry. And right, right. <laughs> you ever go snowshoeing? Yes, boring. I like snowshoeing. No, it was all right. I went, up, I went snowshoeing with the kids one day, and it did happen to be like nice and like snowy out in the thing, and it was kind of cool. It was all right. Is snowshoeing not just walking <laughs> it's through just, the snow? It's just you gotta go to the trails, though. Yeah, you but you're just... walking through snow on trails, which is hard to snow, walk. Snow that you couldn't yeah, theoretically it's walk through otherwise. It's hard to walk because yeah. you'd be like... Yeah. But, you know, okay. I mean, we use snowshoes when we go hiking and run, like, big parts of the mountain that it's yeah. hard to get your, you know, but... Interesting. Yeah. 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 They're a little cumbersome, for sure. Yeah. But it's all right. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Yeah, it was... It was a nice <laughs> walk out in the woods in the winter and you take snowshoes on. <laughs> I thought you went snowshoeing once when I was a kid at, like, the Oriskany Battlefield. <laughs> With, like, Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Out here. Happened. Yeah, we were out there in the wintertime. Middle of the day. I was uh, real young. You will not be doing any snowshoeing on your vacation. You're on vacation right now. Yeah, I'm on vacation warm. currently as we speak. Mm, how are you enjoying vacation? Um, well, I'm off every Monday. That's so so far today has been pretty standard. Everybody keeps trying to be like, how's vacation going? I'm like, I'm always off Mondays. Ask me tomorrow. I see. Um, it's good. I'm glad. I don't ever want to go back. Are you going? Uh, I'm leaving for a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to Florida on Thursday to go mm. see a great friend of the podcast, uh, Pat and his wife and their sweet child. Very and nice. Spend some time riding the boats, uh, playing the guitars, drinking the beers, getting that tan. Yeah, I mean, getting some vitamin D back into the uh, system. Certainly, it's gonna. It's like eighty degrees, I think. So it should be all right. Nice. Well, it's also gonna be sixty-six here on Wednesday. Certainly, I, I thought it's supposed to be warm tomorrow too. Is it supposed? It's supposed to rain every day. Anyway. Great. I don't know. It's awesome. been raining all day it's like today. Seventy it, and rainy. It's crazy though because with all the rain we've gotten today, it it had been snow. We'd have a whole bunch. Oh, I know. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. Well, you'll be avoiding any of the snow we get later this week. And trying. Are we getting snow later this week? Yeah, Thursday. Mm. That's a rumor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and let's see what's going on with me. First off, uh, I put a post on it on Twitter. Want to shout? <laughs> out. No, no. This now is... back to what everybody came for. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, enough on? with you guys. Uh, now me, the part I mean, one producer. On, we, we did the delivery the was just good. <laughs> we got ten minutes of preamble in there. I got. We got <laughs> you we got, two got ten minutes. It's back to the money. <laughs> I got. Listen. Well, speaking of the money, uh, my nephew. Uh, I put a post up on Twitter for my nephew. Uh, do you guys know what the Saint Baldrick's Foundation is? I do not. Uh, bald guy's named Rick. <laughs> yes, sort of, vaguely. Uh, no, no, that's not at all what it is. No, Heather. Uh, no, no. That's 
that's not what it is. Uh, St. Baldrick's is a uh, is a charity for uh, kids with cancer. They do uh, cancer benefits and well, not benefit. They do uh, fundraising and help people get money for uh, cancer research, things like that. Every year they do something called like a the Baldrick's Day event, mm-hmm. where people can donate money and they will have their heads shaved uh, for oh, people who have now cancer. Now I feel like a jerk. Yeah. Good. I'm glad that's what you guys I get. Too. Yeah, St. Baldrick's. Good. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't talk. That's <laughs> all right. That's what he wants. No, never. No, never. Anyhow, uh, my brother-in-law, Randall, has done this for many years. Like, for the last three or four years, he's done this five years or so. Maybe even longer than that, now that I think about it. So when I got the, the message for it last week, I, I didn't give it as much thought because I always see it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just do it later. And what I found out, it is not my brother-in-law this year. It is my nephew, Oliver, who is shaping his head bald, my little Aww, nephew. How old is he? He is 10, okay. I want to say. I'm a good uncle. I know my nephew's ages. He's 10. <laughs> he's 10. Uh, anyhow, he's shaving his wonderful locks, and he's doing it for uh, money, obviously, to help donate. So he's donating. I put a link on Twitter. If you want to d- donate some money, Definitely. you certainly can. Oliver's very cute. Uh, I'm going to be sad that he's going bald, but it's for a good cause. So good for him. Good for him. That's awesome. All right. So now I'll move past the things that matter into my deviant self-interest, the things that matter to me and myself. Uh, Which, interestingly, is not your family. It's not my That's family. That's not what you count as what matters. No, they're, they're much better than me. They do, they do better things than me. Uh, so I'm no longer sick. I don't longer have the deathly ill oh sickness. It was pretty bad. Uh, I didn't get sick... Uh, it seemed like when everyone else did. It seemed like everyone else got sick first. You were close mm-hmm. a couple times. Close yeah. a couple times. I think I you pretended close. a couple times, too. Just so you fit in. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so sick. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling good. Uh, no, this was, uh, this was a bad one. I had the chills. The chills is the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in that weird zone where, like, I have the blanket on, mm-hmm. but if I get up to go do anything, then I'm shivering, and I got to run, like, from the blanket to the fridge oh. to get orange juice. Uh, so that was pretty crummy, so if you hear my voice sounding rough uh, here and during the interview, uh, sorry about all that. That's great. Uh, recurring theme of the show, my car was in the shop. <laughs> it, is, it is now Maybe back. Maybe you should have a GoFundMe for your new car. <laughs> well, let me tell you a good thing, uh, and here's a piece of advice. Uh, this is my first of two old man yells at cloud moments of the show. Uh, moment number one, if you ever get to a point in time where you're getting a car that's you're leasing or you know paying to own, get the warranty package. Get the extensive warranty package. You say, I don't need it. Listen, sometimes you need it. <laughs> sometimes it's good to have the warranty. You know how much struts cost to get replaced otherwise? Uh, a lot. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, and that's why I saved some of the money that I got my taxes came in. So I didn't have to spend all of it on my car. So see, there's your old man advice. Get the warranty and then save money on your taxes when they come back in. All right. Uh, one last announcement before we get to serious stuff. Uh, the interview this week was supposed to be Rachel Daughtry, uh, Daughtry, Daughtry from the Compassion Coalition, uh, but I got sick, obviously, and I didn't want to infect her with my with my awful flu, so uh, I haven't even had a chance to reach back out to her yet, so if she's hearing this, I'm going to send you a message later. We'll bring you on next week. Sorry about this. Um, I do want to talk quickly uh, about the Parkland, Florida shooting that happened earlier this week. You know, we have lots of mass shootings all the time in this country. Um, it does get a little bit hard to not be like, ugh, just not another thing that happens. It happened again. Uh, but we've seen a lot of coverage. It's been a few days since this has happened. I've actually talked to my students at school since then. Uh, do you feel, does this one feel any different to you in the pre, in the, in the post uh, shooting days and the other ones? Definitely. At all? I definitely, I feel more emotional over this one. Yeah. And I think it's more because of the 
teenagers that are standing up yes and are talking and i feel like in one day a lot of these kids had to grow up real mm-hmm. fast and their life changed and um it's hitting it a little harder this time i felt like there was a lot of, yeah there's a lot of teens actually reaching out against horrible takes mm-hmm. like i saw a lot of people be like oh these kids like showing, like, Snapchats to themselves. Like, I don't think that you're understanding what they were doing, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, this was, like, a chance to show, like, what was really happening. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, oh, my God, look at this. Like, like this, this is a horrible thing that happened. It's Absolutely. nice to see them have, like, passion and anger and want to see something actually happen because maybe that's what it's going to take for yeah. something to actually happen about this. Um, Kev, what do you think? Does it feel any different or does it sort of feel samey? Um, I mean, they always, you know, there's always that feeling of sameness to the same degree that, like, when I heard about it, it wasn't like, oh my god, wait, what? I was like, oh, huh, all right, you know. Yeah. You start taking the facts, you're not really surprised or necessarily shocked by it. It does feel a little bit more resonant than some others do. Yeah. Um, I think this is the first time there's been a larger number, like certainly higher double digits at a school. Yes, this they've is been the we've been spreading the shootings yeah. around. Um, you know, between the the Las Vegas shooting and the nightclub shooting in Florida and these different things. So I think it coming back around to a school, it is interesting to see the response from the kids that go to this school and the kids who are standing up and saying, you know, why isn't Congress doing you know something? I don't. I'm not getting into the whole gun thing at all, but just being like, you know, why are we not? talking about these we say thoughts and prayers and we sweep it under the rug and i hope that these kids serve as an inspiration to other kids in next month's mass shooting and the one that comes after that and the one that will probably come after that i hope that these kids can you know be leaders and start to wake up some other kids around to be like hey look if the quote-unquote adults aren't going to do anything we do have power and we do have a voice and let's harness these platforms that we have to use to help affect change because you know this is our world too and it will continue to be as we grow older and the world goes on so uh, hopefully we're finding some positives out of a way too often recurring negative. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't think we need to get into the gun thing. I've already talked about that in the past. I will say there's one weak argument I see on the internet a lot, uh, and it's like, oh, well, cars kill people. Well, oh, that's, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite <laughs> argument to hear. I'm not kidding. I Are love it. Are people saying knives? Knives. <laughs> the one, no, the one that I hear is like, "Oh, leading cause of death is car accidents." But when there's a car accident, we don't try to ban cars. So how come we try to ban guns? And it's, I mean, these people who make these arguments are, are, are dumb anyway. But you just, okay, you want to treat guns like cars? Then, if you mean to tell me we should have a license that we take a test for for a gun, <laughs> if you mean to tell me we should register all of our guns, we should carry insurance, and there should be safety regulations with the manufacturer, then yes, yeah. yeah, yes, I guess we should treat it like cars. Thank you, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's idiot. This um, is. We need to ask you a question really quick. Uh, sure. Is it professor? Like, like it, it's. Is it in school? Do you get nervous or think of like um, if you upset a student? Or let me is say this: going to happen to me, or is uh, going to come in? And- so we do, you know, we do lockdown drills in in public schools. That's part of the that's part of the thing. So, you know, next day I came in, and you know, kids aren't super on the ball the current events, especially my grade kids. Mm-hmm. You know, the seventh and eighth grade. Some kids are, some kids yeah. aren't, and it's not. Yeah, I think for the teachers it's weird, certainly. Like, I walked in in the morning, and I, I wouldn't lie. I'm going to say it was a little eerie. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, certainly it's on your mind. You're like, damn, it's pretty wild. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, what's to say that this wouldn't just happen anywhere, and it yeah. couldn't happen anywhere, right? It's not like there's not guns everywhere. So, um, you know, that's always an eerie feeling. But I don't think the kids think that when they come into school. They think that, you know, I think kids in general are still a little bit, like, insulated. Like, it still seems like something that happens out there to them. Yeah. And that's... The one thing I hope that happens, 
out of this watching these kids like respond and react to what happened. I hope that it's it's almost a weird situation that there's no school this week. Mm-hmm. It's like winter break for like a lot of kids. My kids aren't even in school this week. Yeah. I don't know what would be going on in my school like what conversations would be had if yeah. everything was in session this yeah. week. I'm 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 not sure if it's good or bad. <laughs> Maybe it would be good for these kids to see and be part of the discussion that's going on in schools and other I think parts. It would. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, I don't I don't know if it's doing them any benefits they're out of school this week. I hope they're paying attention. All right. Uh, I think that's that's it. You guys don't want to talk about any other politics stuff, no, do don't. you? I Come mean, on, Chucky Schumer's in Utica. I saw the Secret Service cars when I was out at UC leaving for classes today. I didn't see that he's out there. He's in Utica today. He's talking. He's oh. doing a speech in Utica today. Good for him. Chucky, if you're out there, come on the show. I'll be happy to talk to you. That'd be great. I saw Chucky at a. I see. Him, I saw him at a concert. He's like Chucky. 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 I love I Chucky Schumer. Serious. Seriously. I like that he just pops up in places. He cracks me up. Love Chucky Schumer. All right, moving on. Uh, back to the Olympics for just a moment. Uh, like I said, Saturday morning, very early. Uh, we were on Google Hangouts, of all places, with Kathleen Polito, the Olympic Media Liaison Officer of the Women's Jamaican Bobsled Team. You can follow them at Jam Bobsled, or you can follow her at KM Polito uh, on the 20th and the 21st. That's when uh, the Women's Bobsled runs are going to be. Uh, interact with her on Twitter. She's great Twitter follow. Uh, and give them support. We're rooting for the Jamaican Bobsled Team. Uh, we'll be back. Oh, one, i, I got to mention one thing during the interview. It's very important. We were in South Utica. She was in South Korea. Our internet cut out during the interview. So in the middle of the interview, there's a break. Now, the other point of this is that this content is from Google Hangout, which means it was edited and sent to me by Maiden Utica boss Justin Parkinson. So any sort of weird edits or strange ad-libs from Cool Runnings... That You're going to have to listen to it all the way through, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to have to listen to it all the way. This was edited by Justin Parkinson and interviewed by me. I just want to put that out there, and the power went out. So uh, that's the joys of doing video interviews. That's why I don't normally do them. However, uh, it was worth it to talk to Kathleen and Kyung Chang. Uh, good luck, bobsled team. Let's do it. officer and you run the Jamaican bobsled team PR. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Correct. 
Uh, wonderful. That's amazing. Um, so before we get into all that, and I do want to get into some of that, I want to know a little bit about you, Kathleen. Where are you from initially? I was born and raised in Syracuse, right in the city. I went to school at OCC, graduated in 2000, raised a family, still raising a family. I uh, went back to school at Syracuse University, graduated in 2015 um, from arts and science program, and really fell into a love of Twitter and social media and started going to conferences and um, just out of out of luck and and a little bit of of grind and hard work i got the gig with the jamaican bobsled team now that's interesting uh, to me because the world of doing like the the social media and the public relations on twitter and on facebook and on the social media platforms is a moderately new uh way to sort of do business in this way is this something that came naturally to you did you have to jump right in or did it take some time to get used to this new sort of media no i you know I just got the feel of Twitter so well. And um, I think the most important part about networking and, and trying to make connections and getting clients and things like that is is all about being genuine and, and being yourself. And, um, you know, people can tell when, when you're faking it or when you're pushing too hard or when you're not into something. And I think it's incredibly important to follow your passion. And uh, when you follow your passion, um, you know, things just tend to happen for you. And um, so it was just kind of rolled out from there. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so right now you are in Pyeongchang? I'm in Pyeongchang. Yes, I am. It is nighttime oh. over here, halfway around the world. Actually, on the complete opposite side of the world, right? Yeah. It's about as far away as you can get from Syracuse, New York. <laughs> yeah, the cold followed me here. Don't you worry. Are you enjoying uh, South Korea so far? I am. It's an amazing culture. Everyone here is so kind and so helpful. Um, even with the language barrier, you know, you still make, you know, really deep connections. Um, you know, where I'm staying, it's a nice little cabin. It's up in the hill. Mm. And uh, the woman comes in. It's it's like we're family. She'll come in when I'm here or sleeping and tidy up and take my laundry out and fold it. And it's it's just it's a great culture. It's great to experience. And, uh, of course the winter Olympics here, there's so much excitement and, um, of course work. <laughs> Certainly. Now you're not in the Olympic village right now, are you? I'm not in the Olympic village. Um, the athletes and the coaches are staying in the Olympic village. I am actually pretty much right across the street from the IBC, which is the international sure. broadcasting center. Um, so are you, uh, are you kind of isolated out there by yourself? Like, do you spend as much time as do you spend most of your time with most of the PR people, or are you spending most of your time with the athletes? I spend a lot of time with the athletes. Um, you know, I'm getting content not only for us and to record like this historic. I mean, I'm I'm in history. I'm, okay. I'm like I'm taking photos, and I have to consciously remind myself like this is history happening. You know. <laughs> Um, which is a good reminder for me to stop and breathe and see where I am because I'm not sure I've had time to do that yet. My mom said, yeah, make sure. sure you make time to enjoy yourself, and it's so true. Um, but a lot of the media and the PR people and um, all the big networks are right around where I'm staying, sure. so it's really convenient. I've made a lot of um, really great connections. Actually, Mike Trico hit me up and oh, yeah. 
we're going to meet in person and take a Syracuse selfie. Um, I was going to say Syracuse alumni, Mike Tirico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what's great is he took over for Bob Costa, who's also an SU alum. And it's like, all right, who's next in line? I'm like, <laughs> well, it's funny. Mike, after you're out, hand the torch right on to the next alum. It's funny you say that, too, because I was going to bring it up. Syracuse, in general, has a reputation for producing a lot of top-caliber uh, sports and news journalists through the new school in general. So it doesn't surprise me that you probably run into a lot of Syracuse University alumni there, just in general. Yeah, actually, I was out to dinner. Um, there's there's this house. It's called Kaya House, and it's where most of the media is staying. So sure. I just happened to be welcomed to the NBC table, and they were going, oh, oh, where are you from, and who do you work for? And I said, oh, well, I'm from Syracuse. They're like, Syracuse? They're like, oh, my gosh, that's such a feeder for NBC. Like, we have so many alum, and da 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 So it's cool. I feel like I'm with my people here. <laughs> I love it. So I want to talk a little bit about this uh, women's Jamaican bobsled story that's been getting a lot of press in the news uh, so I think I have this story correct, and I'll give it a quick once-over, but please correct me for anything that I've said that's totally wrong. Uh, the coach was a former Olympian, and she left and took the bobsled with her? Is that, is that a simplified version of what went on? <laughs> um, it's not totally accurate. So sure. Okay, yeah, good. Um, good, good. She, she, was, she, is a, she is an Olympian, um, and she joined us about halfway through the season. Our team has always been led by Coach Joe Manning. Um, you know, we give her the title as High Performance Director because she does more than coach. She does a lot of the logistics. She does the planning. She does, you know, a multitude of, of roles. And then under her, there's Dudley Talstokes, who is actually an 88 Olympian. So he's been with the, the Jamaica Bobsled Federation for 30 years. Um, so he's been with the team as well all season. So, you know, I think there was a misconception that she was the only coach and everyone's like, oh, the coach is gone. And you know how the media can get. Oh, yeah. um, so we still have two out of three and um, Canada and, and uh, a lot of other nations are rallying around us. And we actually borrowed one of Canada's driving coach. Uh, we actually work really closely with Canada. Um, for our women's team and we're very fortunate the bobsled community is very tight-knit and um and you know they've offered assistance and things like that so she as an agent of jamaica she signed the contract for the rental agreement uh right. she never she never owned the bobsled as she first falsely reported and then had to retract right. her statement okay um, makes more sense yeah. So what we were trying to do is renegotiate the rental agreement and and um, and you know just have one of the agents that is still with the federation sign. And then um, you know I love Twitter, so Twitter to the rescue. I mean I can't like my love for Twitter is just so big I can't even tell you. Um, and uh, so Red Stripe sends out a tweet they're like hey you guys need a bobsled put it on our tab and we're like da, 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 are you serious <laughs> Turns out we were completely serious and uh the outpouring of support was amazing and of course that's a great great move uh on red stripes uh part and and i've been working with them really really closely i mean we've become best friends over the last 30 hours hustling to make it happen and hustling to do a social media plan and PR plan and just get like the wonderful story out there. So um, 
I'm re I'm really lucky. I feel like I'm earning my doctorate degree from Newhouse over here. So when I come back, I hope I have an honorary degree waiting for me. When was the first time you knew that they wanted to be? Was it just on Twitter they reached out to you? Was that the first time you had heard they were interested in what was going on? Yeah, yeah. The first thing we heard was we got tagged on Twitter, and uh, then I was like, "All right, let's let's see if they're serious." And they were, and they weren't they weren't kidding. So that was um, was awesome. Now I'm going to assume that you are younger than me, uh, just based on looks. And because of that, I'm going to assume you've probably never seen Cool Runnings when it came out. Well, um, that would be, you were flattering me for sure, actually. <laughs> I was born, <laughs> I graduated SU in 2015, but I didn't go back um, until much later after mm -hmm. having uh, three children. I'm actually, I turned 40 this year. So You're I think you were doing wrong, but thank you very much. And thanks to Noxima for keeping me this young looking. <laughs> Uh, so it's funny, though, because I have seen a lot of, like, Cool Runnings jokes on the Internet and references now. Uh, was that something you sort of expected when you took this job? Yeah, you know, I think you have to you have to run with, with what works, and certainly that's kind of been the brand image sure. uh, for quite some time. It's a cult classic, so we expect that kind of thing, and people have a lot of fun with it. So yeah. we definitely um, we work with that narrative to our advantage. But we are trying to move away from that just because, yeah. you know, it's a new era. Um, I was going to ask, at a certain point in time, it almost seems like they might resent it a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We're trying to make our own narrative, especially with the women. And um, we just rebranded this year. We have a brand new logo that is, you know, it, it looks great. I'm really excited about it. At first, it can be really jarring because we're used to, you know, this iconic sort of um, circular logo that everyone seemed to love. But... You know, it, it's time for a change. It's time for a new feeling, and um, um, it's been great. So, um, once this, uh, when is the actual Bob Sled Race today coming up for you, or this this day coming up, or one more day? The twentieth and the twenty first is when the women race. Twentieth and twenty first. All right, wonderful. So, uh, I'm just very curious from your aspect. Like, so you're working uh, PR on uh, on Twitter for them, and you're doing the media stuff. Once the bobsled uh, race finishes, uh, are you staying in Pyeongchang till the end of the Olympics, or will you guys go right back to America? Or nope, we're staying until after the closing ceremony, so that'll be really exciting to see Wonderful. all Olympians walking in the stadium with their medals and um, just a big, big celebration here and so much excitement and energy, and uh, it's going to be great to be a part of it. Have you had time personally uh, outside of work to, like, experience any of the events or any other uh, events at the Olympics so far? You know, I've, I've breezed past a few events. You know, I would love to get into some ice skating. You know, I will definitely want to see the hockey finals. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I was working in Lake Placid for some time, and certainly I'm, I'm up there with uh, Jamaica bobsled. So I do get to see some of the ski aerial and snowboard things like that. So... Um, I'm going to kind of skip those and save those for back in Lake Placid and catch some of the things that I can't catch, you know, in upstate New York. What would you say, uh, before I move on from that, what would you say is, um, what would you say is the biggest change uh, being in South Korea from the United States, besides obviously the outlets that you have to deal with to get your <laughs> That's been taking some, uh, that was some adjustment. Um, <laughs> biggest you know, I don't know. I think coming from upstate New York, we have such diversity sure. and so many 
growing up in Syracuse, I've come in touch with many different cultures, and I've been so fortunate. So it really doesn't feel much different. You know, there's there's a lot of countries and a lot of nations here, but a lot of them also speak English. And, and as I said, a lot of the um, the people that live here, um, there's there's just such warmth, and you can always communicate in different ways. And and uh, no, the food's been interesting. Uh, I'm trying to be more adventurous. I'm, you know, I'm a hardcore burger kind of girl. And um, so today I was like, all right, you know, you have to go out of your comfort zone. You have to try some Korean food. And oh, yeah. uh, so <laughs> I, I, I'm dipping my toes in and uh, slowly but surely I'm going to build up and uh, try new things. But, you know, I'm not a big seafood lover. And certainly yeah. fresh food is, is the thing to do here. So I think on the last day, um, you know, I'll go all in. I'll go sure. all in. So you said uh, the 20th and 21st are the dates for the bobsled run. Uh, so you got about three days before that. Uh, how would you say uh, the Jamaican women are feeling? Are they stressed out? Are they cool and comfortable? Are they feeling good? Yeah, we're feeling great now. You know, we had uh, a rough a really, really rough week. We actually took the women um, outside of town and did a training camp, AKA, you know, just kind of getting their their mental state and their mental preparation and kind of shielding them from some of that bad media. The media can be really ruthless. Yeah. And uh, certainly we were, we were very hurt by some of the things that were said. And um, right. certainly by Sandra's departure was, was a blow to, to the women. They had very close relationships and to see her kind of, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sure. see her kind of say some not so nice things and, uh, and false statements and things like that is, is very hurtful, you know, for someone, uh, certainly a coach that someone really trusts. Yeah. It was, so, certainly, uh, it was certainly fascinating narrative to follow on Instagram and Twitter as it was happening. Certainly I'll, I'll put it that yeah. way. Um, but yesterday we came back into town, we all had our colors on and, you know, we, we bonded, they, they cooked some Jamaican food out there, we did a bunch of dancing, uh, and it was really nice to get away. And uh, certainly over the last 30 hours, when all of the bobsled stuff was transpiring, and then um, Red Stripe came to the rescue, and uh, just, re just receiving such a gift. And Jamaica has never had their own bobsled, they've borrowed or worked with other companies or things like that. So you know, immediately you could see just this, just this giant relief and pride and, and, uh, you know, everyone's just so joyful. And I think it's going to give us the extra push at that start line and we're going to do something amazing. Wonderful. Uh, well, listen, Kathleen, I'm very happy to talk with you. If people want to follow you on Twitter, uh, they can follow the Jamaican bobsled team at J A M bobsled jam bobsled, or they can follow you at K M Polito, uh, P U L I T O. Uh, Kathleen, before I uh, let you go off to go to bed, uh, would you mind doing a quick lightning round with us, which is what we do with every interview on the show? Yeah, let's do it. I can try. Okay. It's my first right. one. Kathleen, this, these are the same five or six questions we ask everybody who's been on the Uticast podcast. And we'll start this way. Kathleen, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I don't like coffee. No coffee? You tea person? I, I'm Coke. Coke. Very good. Coke. <laughs> Even in the morning? Even in the morning. Oh, there's nothing like popping that can and taking the first sip. <laughs> I'm with you on that, except you know, I you know that's what Warren Warren uh, Warren Buffett has two cokes a day. So well, let me go uh, 
if that's the only thing separating me and Warren Buffett, I think. <laughs> uh, Kathleen, uh, you may, uh, what was your first automobile? My first automobile, uh, it was a, oh gosh. It, I bought it for $100 at an auction wow. in Lafayette. It was a Dodge Dynasty. Yes, the Dodge Dynasty. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you may or may not have taken your Dodge Dynasty to see it. What was your first live music event? Oh, gosh. It was Kiss at the War Memorial in Syracuse. Wow, Kiss. I didn't know you, you didn't strike me as a Kiss fan. I I wasn't. It was, uh, <laughs> it was an experience. <laughs> uh I'm sure that you've had a little bit of free time while you were out there. Have there been any books, albums, movies, or TV shows you are currently reading, listening to, or watching? You know what? I am reading something by Malcolm. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Malcolm Gladwell? Uh, Malcolm. Oh, what? Is it Outliers? Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. He's great. I love Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, I keep breaking into him, and as soon as I, you know... I get into a, something else pops up. Uh, there's never a dull moment here in PR, that's for sure. You know, if you like that book, uh, and I, I never like to support any other podcast besides my own, obviously, uh, but Malcolm Gladwell has an excellent podcast called Revisionist History, which he did uh, over the last two years. It's actually really, really excellent if you're looking for something else with him. Yeah, for uh, sure. That's a great recommendation. I'll look into it. It's definitely worth it. Uh, Kathleen, uh, if you could have – this is the question that stumps most people. Uh, if you could have dinner – with any person, living or dead, who is not your family, who would it be and why? Oh, gosh. It's a tough one. That it, you know, that is a tough one. There's so many people in the world. <laughs> um, you know, I got to say it's, it, it's, uh, it's probably Marty St. George from, hmm. from JetBlue. He is, yeah. um. He, he used to be the VP of marketing for JetBlue, and JetBlue is what got me really interested in social media. I've actually met him personally, and uh, I've been invited down to see the JetBlue headquarters. But just to sit with someone who I have such respect for, who knows the industry that I want to be in, um, who's just, you know, always on top of new technologies and, and, and things like that. And of course, uh, they just started nonstop to uh, my favorite city, Boston, from Syracuse. And uh, I like to think that Marty put that root in just for me. But, you know, that's what I like to say anyways. You're not one um, of those Patriots fans like my boss, Mr. Parkinson, over here, are you? Uh, I'm a Patriots fan, but, you know, I'm also a New York fan as well. I, I hear that I can't be both, but I'm I'm calling it. I am. You can do it everywhere. You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm working for Jamaica. I'm rooting for Jamaica, but I'm also, you know, rooting for Team USA. Both can be done. Uh, and Kathleen, I'll let you go after this. I want to thank you for uh, taking the time. Uh, besides, obviously, your work with social media, besides your work with the Jamaican bobsled team, uh, give me one more thing that you, Kathleen Polito, are passionate about. Uh, besides Twitter. <laughs> dancing, dancing. You know what? I always say that um, my my dream career is to be a backup dancer for Jennifer Lopez. Oh, well then. She's quite the winner of I always liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Kathleen, I want to thank you so much. Again, you can follow Kathleen on Twitter at KM Polito, or you can follow the Jamaican bobsled women at Jam Bobsled on Twitter as well. 
Uh, Kathleen, I want to thank you so much. I'm sure you want to go to bed. I'm also going to go immediately back to bed after this. So <laughs> thank awesome. you for spending time with us. This Will morning. you come back? I feel better. I hope you feel oh. better. Will you come back if they win a medal? Uh, yeah, of course. I have to come back. They don't. We have better burgers in America. <laughs> well, I mean, to the show. Oh, of course. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Kathleen, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your time in uh, Pyeongchang. We're rooting for you guys, uh, and be safe, obviously. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you once again, Kathleen Polito. Uh, I'm going to get, I'll predict it again, gold medal, women's Jamaican bobsled team. That's right. I'm going to be <laughs> one for two after ah. this prediction. <laughs> um, I got to say, I, I didn't mind the Google Hangouts video. I hope, I'm going to go back and listen to the audio again after this. Maybe if this was good, though, I'm going to start doing all sorts of video interviews. I'll start interviewing all sorts of people from all over the globe. From all over the place. <laughs> Shout out your Google Hangout friends who want to interview me. Who want to interview you. <laughs> See? It, you. it really is. The even, whole thing is You can't even switch yourself around. or anything. Nope, you're right. Total jerk. Um, well, <laughs> you guys ready for history lessons since I'm such a jerk? Yeah, uh, you're right. always ready. Well, don't worry, because I wasn't, I wasn't at my office today, my, my, my smaller office, I was at the main office, so I didn't get a chance to print out history lessons, oh, so they're much shorter this week. Really short. I mean, they're short enough, and they're not in order, so <laughs> here we go. 19... <laughs> 1984. <laughs> you can't go home yet. Your, your child's not asleep. Oh, that's right. I can't. Half hour. <laughs> half hour. you got to stay at least another half hour and watch 10 minutes of wrestling and I pretend am. you care. All right, on this day in 1980. About us. <laughs> about us, not about wrestling. Just read your history, enough about me. Uh, on this day, uh, 1984, uh, some guy named Yarborough wins his fourth, <laughs> his fourth Daytona 500. Why am I bringing this up? Nobody uh, knows. <laughs> well, this is for... <laughs> so yesterday was a Sunday, and I was still sort of recovering from my illness. Mm -hmm. And what I normally would do on a Sunday when I'm just sitting around is watch Premier League soccer. Or if the Bills were on, I'd watch the Bills. Or if the Yankees were on, I'd watch the Yankees. Or if the Knicks were on, I'd watch the Knicks. I'd watch some sort of sports. Uh, but Kevin, you're a sports fan. This is a black time for sports. There's really not much to watch during this dark period. It was golf. Uh, and then the NBA All-Star game was on at 8 o'clock that night, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. And then the Daytona 500, as we were flipping around. And then the Olympics were like in whatever... There wasn't an Olympic... Was it speed skating? It was something dumb. Yeah, speed skating. Some version of, of jumping and sliding. <laughs> jumping and sliding. <laughs> um, I think it was speed skating. So, I actually... We actually watched, stopped and watched a little bit of the NASCAR yesterday. For about maybe 25 minutes, would you say? Oh. Uh, I, I don't mean, even know if we got that far. Probably not. Uh, and I gotta say, I try and give all sports um like equal chance right i give and i haven't really sat down and paid attention to a nascar race in i don't know like 10 years probably so i'm like all right daytona 500 
there's like what he says 16 laps of 9,000 left whatever it was I'll, I'll watch these I'll watch these let's see who wins this race right it's 16 laps I, well, I'm thinking that's 16 laps. They're going like 200 miles an hour. How long can this possibly I take, right? And I tried to give it. I tried to give it a real go. And let me tell you something. It's still crap. It's still. <laughs> I don't think anybody's counting. No. They're <laughs> just cars, going. They're just going. Those cars went around the track. It must have been 70 times. <laughs> I couldn't tell. And they tell. still had 16 laps left. <laughs> it was. <coughs> Who knows what a lap is? Sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah, it was terrible. Well, because they're so big. The whole thing is so big. And it's hard to see when they actually cross any sort of line. There's not like a big finish line like yeah, Mario no Kart. Context. No it's context horrible. at all. Um, do you remember when people thought it was going to be like the next big sport in America? Yeah. Sure. It didn't work out yeah. too well. It was like the early 2000s. Hey, we uh, talked about it. Yeah. Yes. It. Yeah. Daytona 500 was underwhelming. Do you know? You remember who won? I don't even know who. No, because it was a horrible crash. So we stopped watching it. It was a horrible crash, and then it, nothing happened after everyone was fine, and we just stopped. All right. So moving along. Next sports-based history lesson on this day, uh, twenty ten. Tiger Woods apologized for his extramarital affairs from his wife. You know, we're in like the era of like disgraced former people of like high standing. <laughs> disgraced former people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, disgraced former people. No but, longer a purple. But uh, but Tiger Woods, like one of the early falling down from grace candidates, like he kind of get people from, sort of they forget just about keep him. Falling now. too. I mean, like there's more and more people we liked and respected keep falling at the wayside, and Tiger sort of gets forgotten. I think that with Tiger, he was just like a scumbag to his wife and cheated on her. Yeah. And there's now, to hide there. comparatively to a lot of other people, it's like, well, yeah, you did a horrible thing to your wife, but like. At least she was your wife, and you were just cheating. I mean, I think that the the floor has gotten so true. much lower. Yeah, so he's he's trending upward theoretically. Kinda. It, it all comes down to if he can golf again. It's a great question because if he was golfing, I would have watched that golf tournament over NASCAR yesterday. Yeah, probably. It's a good point. I would have watched anything over NASCAR or that golf tournament yesterday, <laughs> or the speed skating. Well, we did end up watching something else, and we'll talk about that much later on. Um, one last story on this date uh, about sports. One last story. Uh, 1980. Uh, the Miracle on Ice happened. We've talked about this many times. U.S. Yeah. hockey beats Russia 4-3. to three. You guys know about the Miracle on Ice. Do you know about the Miracle on Wood that happened in 1973? Yeah, no. <laughs> Don't. 1972, I'm sorry. That was Munich, 1972, oh. when Russia beat the United States in basketball 51-50. to 50. See, no one talks about this when we talk about the Miracle on Ice. This 51 to 50? 51 to Ooh. 50. Um, it was actually the first time the U.S. men's Olympic basketball team had ever lost since their inception in 1936. Uh, the game was highly controversial with uh, many like disputed calls about out-of-bounds and passes and what rules counted and didn't in the Olympic game. Uh, matter of fact, the U.S. men did not accept their silver medals and to this day still have not accepted their silver medals from the 1972 Olympics. Uh, but yeah. The miracle on wood in Russia, they were recognized as heroes. So there you go. They cheated. They, I don't know if they cheated. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, this day in 1980, the first and only uh, disco Grammy Award for best disco song was handed out. It was one of the it was one of the premier disco songs of all time. If you guys want to take a shot in the dark at it, anyone know any? What's like the biggest disco song yeah. ever? Saturday Night Fever? No, that's a good guess. That's pretty good, but no, that wasn't it. I, I couldn't say. The yeah. Boogeyman on the Boogeyman. On the Boogeyman. That's not a bad one. No, no. It was I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. Okay. 
First, I was afraid. I was petrified. Okay. It was like, yeah. It was up against. <laughs> okay. It was up against Boogie Wonderland by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Bad Girls by Donna Summer. Talking I, about some like bad that girls. That's a good one. That should have won. Uh, Do You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart with Justin Parkinson would have loved because he's a huge okay. Rod Stewart fan. I don't like Rod Stewart. It's a no. hot take, I know. but. No. Uh, and then Don't Stop Till You Get Enough by Michael Jackson, which uh, you'd think that I would go to bat for, but not over I Will Survive. That's like a quintessential mm-hmm. song, so I don't have a problem with that. Um, there's one more history lesson that's kind of long and contrived, uh, so we're not going to do it. That's it's about... Do you guys remember the Grey album, basically? It was the mashup between yes. uh, the Black album by Jay-Z and the White album by the Beatles? Yes. That came out today on this day in 2004. It was called Grey Tuesday. It was the day it was released. Mm. So there you go. Uh, that was like one of the first major thi- uh, like moments of like remixes being like a thing, where you were mixing up two like songs by popular artists to make a new thing. That was right. very popular in the that 2000s. That was going on for a while, yeah. In the 2000s, I feel like there was a lot of it going on on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, that weird sort of, like, pop mashup thing happening. Mm-hmm. Doing it, like, they do, like, oh, I'm going to mix this Britney Spears song with a DMX track. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? My favorite. <laughs> what was that? There was, like, a name for it, too, and I can't think of what it was. Mashup. Is that, no, wasn't there, like, a genre they came up with for it? No. Oh, I'm going to miss it. Is there a I'm gonna miss that made up genre. <laughs> I'm gonna miss that made up. I'm gonna look it up. No, here it is. It's on the history thing. I'm gonna find it. No, I'm gonna pull it up. Talking about the <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about it, but now I'm thinking about this it. This is the one he's not doing. This is the one I'm not doing. Hang on. Head down, scrolling through his phone. When I'm scrolling doing through my phone, and I can't You're find, not it. find it. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Bastard pop. That's what they called it. Uh, yeah. Jesus. That's what they called it. Settled down. They really? called it in the UK. Concerned is going to deprive these people of this reads is, from a page guy. This is from the History Channel, damn it. And I was, uh, the History Channel doesn't know. They made that up. Yeah. All of it's made up. It's true. Come on. That's where Ancient Alien is. It can't be that wrong. All right, I'm going to move on. Uh, so let's move on to the uh, NBA All-Star Game. Uh, we watched the NBA All-Star Game last night, but the only narrative that's coming out of the game is the National Anthem that was sung by Fergie. Uh, Heather, I made you watch the National Anthem sung by performed by Fergie before the start of the show. What were your thoughts? I'm speechless. It's terrible. <laughs> Kevin, I don't know what she was singing. Like I thought she was at like a club or something. I don't had a jazzy vibe. Yeah, well... <laughs> Kevin, if you could describe it in one word, what word would you use? Oh boy, um, insufficient. <laughs> it was, it was bad. Yeah, go watch the video on YouTube. But it was really people shouldn't go out there and try to like editorialize. Just go sing the song. Don't try to put your own spin on it. Don't try to jazz it up. Just go sing See, the song. I don't know if that's necessarily true because. If you look at like the Jimi Hendrix version where he's just playing it on electric guitar, that's dope. Jimmy Hendrix. And it sounds cool. That's and dope because it's electric guitar and he was alone in a field on drugs. And if you go back <laughs> and listen to that, if you go back and listen to that, like besides the iconic some of the bars where he's just like pulling on the guitar and honking at it completely atonally, that's not All right. Listen, listen. All right, reverse the scenario. <laughs> Wait, let's reverse the scenario here last night. Okay. NBA All-Star game. To perform tonight's national anthem, playing on his Gibson Les Paul, Lenny Kravitz. And Lenny Kravitz comes out and he rips the national anthem on like electric guitar. People would have stand up and cheer. They would not yeah, of have. Of course they would. Yeah, so because he would have done a good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do a good job, don't do a bad job. So, but that's what I'm saying. It's not that you can't editorialize, just do a good job, don't do a bad job. I don't think just because it's electric guitar, you're necessarily editorializing it. I'm talking about, and go listen to that Hendrix version where, like, 
he'll play a bar of it and then he'll just like dive bomb like his guitar <laughs> and go nuts point. and that kind of thing like when you're out there in the field and surrounded by people on drugs and like it's not that serious people only like it in posterity but when you're being paid to go out there ahead of the game and just perform this and get it through Fergie, people are here to watch the NBA All-Stars. They're not here to watch how you're not that great of a singer, so just go do it. You know what you're better off? Who called Fergie, anyway, by the way? <laughs> it's a great point. That's who gets the call in 2018? That's, well, that's a great point, because I was thinking about this last night. Why do you even have celebrities do it? Because if you have a celebrity do it, the only time it's a story is if they fail, right? Mm-hmm. If it's a singer, and they're good, and they do a great job, you're like, okay, well, great, that was good. Right, but if they fail, it's well, this kind of Maybe they send in like copies, and they're like, "That's awful. Let's play it." That's see, that's a great point. I think this I think maybe this was. Happened. You think that's what happened? She's like, like, I have like, this really good idea, and she sent it in. They're like, "This is gonna get us ratings." Yeah, jazz version. See, I think the move is this: you get like a kid from like Los Angeles high school who plays in like the band, and mm-hmm. have them come out there and play it on their like saxophone or trumpet or something. That would get the crowd amped. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one's booing that. People are getting behind that, especially if the kid's good. Well, right? So back to what we're saying. Do it good. <laughs> do it good. Don't do it bad. Right. Sometimes Jeez. people are the story because they do such a good job. Well, Whitney Houston at the Super Bowl. People still talk about Whoa, that because she Whitney. did such an amazing job. Uh, there's a lot more lists of people who did bad, though, if you guys want to know. Apparently there's someone named Kerry Hilson who did a very bad job at a Lakers-Hawks game. That's too bad. Josh Groban and Flea apparently did it together in 2010. Flea is another great example because he was out there playing the bass and he had like this fuzz pedal on. And I love the bass. Yeah. I love fuzz pedals on the bass, but he was editorializing. Yeah. Uh, Christina Aguilera apparently at the Super Bowl in 2011. I don't remember this. Was it really that bad? It seems no. to make... Is it really bad? Mm-hmm. Was she doing that thing where like they hold on to the note forever and like? Rah, rah. But it, was, it just didn't sound good. Yeah, okay. It just didn't sound good. I don't like when any singer does that when they yeah. do like the. Well, that's not true. When Whitney would do it, it was all right, and like she when Mariah would. does it, it's okay. When she did, yeah. but not when Christina did it. <laughs> R. Kelly. 2009, oh. I don't remember that. <laughs> Steven Tyler, that seems bad. <laughs> just think of Just Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Just like, scoop ow! Just yelling. <laughs> just like losing his mind. With like, just out there. Are they doing that shuffle back <laughs> Yeah, with his hands. The scarfs on the mic stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be amazing. <laughs> Loving in the love, <laughs> Just like breaking off in other songs. That'd be amazing. Uh, oh, I actually do remember that they're, they're talking about Aaron Neville here. Who is you remember Aaron Neville? I remember Aaron Neville. Yeah. 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 That was the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott <laughs> <laughs> Scott Staff from Creed. He did it in an That's your boy. That's your boy. That's not my boy. Uh, Michael Bolton screwed up the national anthem during a Red Sox Yankees game in 2003, which I don't remember because other no. things happened in that Yankees Red Sox series in 2003. Damn right. Revolving Yankees coach. Aaron Boone, I won't go any further. Roseanne Barr, 1999. That again, you're you're kind of asking for it, right? If you, she, I'm sure she probably did it. It's funny. I can't imagine. Didn't she, she just did like it. squawk and like punch I herself in the crotch? <laughs> <laughs> was all I upset. Just... Yeah, and then apparently someone named Cat DeLuna in 2008 got booed out of Cowboy Stadium or something. Oh, I don't know. Was that a person? Bad. I've never heard of that person. I'm sure it's a person. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Would you do the national anthem? No. No, I would do the national anthem. You not can right sing. now. Like, yeah, I'm not like a great singer. Yeah, but you can sing. I can't. You know what I mean? Like, you know how to sing. It's been said many times. <laughs> it, bears, it bears repeating. The national anthem is a very hard song to sing. It's in like two different 
pitches. It's like there's a low part and a high part. And if you start too high in the first part, you screw yourself in the second part. So the key to the national anthem, if you ever find yourself being forced to sing it somewhere, is start lower than you think you should because it's going to get a lot higher. Okay? Thank you. In case you have to... Thank can you, you sing? I have, no, I cannot. Have you ever sang? Uh, yes. Sing now. Sing, no. <laughs> sing for us. No. Sing something. No. Sing no. the anthem. Sing, no. the anthem. sing the anthem or you hate the uh, groups. Sam, yeah, sing it since you know My how voice to. Is, I'm, I can barely it's talk. Right. Heather, if you don't sing the anthem right now, it means you hate the troops. Wow. I hate the troops? Yep, yeah. the troops. I guess I hate the troops. That's what it troops. means if you don't. <laughs> Dear God. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on from Heather hating the military uh, to our next story. That's the military, the troops. Oh, so, right. My bad. Just the troops. Uh, so let's move away from uh, politically charged national anthem discussions. Uh, to some news that's less important. You ever search for an image on Google? Like, you're just yes. like, you want to... <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, on like Twitter? Like, when I'm dying of something. I'm like, does it look like this? Uh, or do I have this? Or <laughs> if I want to throw a GIF on Twitter, or a GIF, whatever you want to pronounce yeah. it. Uh, they are removing their view image button to make search results harder to steal. Like, people are very upset that people are just going on Google and looking for images and stealing these images. I'm those people. I am also that person, <laughs> and, all, and also every kid in every school in America. Uh, so it's going to be tough for all these kids as they're stealing uh, Google images for all their class projects. Now all you kids can just go use Bing. Google yes. Be all the same pictures. It's true. It's a great <laughs> point. Uh, do you think this is a uh, sign of a dark time or something Google should have probably done earlier? No. They, who did they just, they just acquired some company or started to deal with um, uh, Getty Images, maybe it is. And so that's what this oh, is. They're trying to protect okay. it now that they've got skin in the game for people not ripping off photos. Uh, so they want to show copyright infringement uh, is like a thing. They want to make sure it's not a problem. No, they want to make sure that they're getting their money. Not that they've got vested financial <laughs> interest in it, they care. Ah, oh, just like everything else in the world. That's good. Hey, speaking of vested financial interest, uh, EPA had Scott Pruitt, who is a known bad tipper and likes to spend all of our money on uh, expensive Vacation. vacations. <laughs> uh, he came up with a reason for why he needs to fly first class. Do you guys want to take a shot in the dark at why he feels he needs to fly first class? I feel like you should just tell him. I mean, I know why. So, yeah, so why do you tell everybody? <laughs> because people are very mean to him in oh. coach. Uh, now, I'm not even going to deny that people in coach are mean. And I think <laughs> I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that they're in coach. Mm-hmm. You ever had to sit in coach in an airplane? Kevin, good luck. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll be I'll be all right. I'm flying direct three hours there, three hours nice. back. That's it. That's great. Not That's messing with anybody. And no, besides, nobody wants nobody wants an issue. You should upgrade it to the first class. Way more expensive. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. crazy. <laughs> I, got, I got really good prices on both of my flights. Um, and it would have been... Because I bought the flight separate instead of round trip, because so you can find it cheaper that way sometimes. Yeah. Like, the flight down there that I got was like $135. That's cheap. It's crazy cheap. And I was looking at first class, and it was like $568. And I'm yeah. just like, well. <laughs> the funny thing is, whenever I like go to look for airplane tickets, I'm like, I'm a poor enough guy where like I'm trying to get the cheapest ticket possible. But you always think to yourself, well, well hang on a minute. <laughs> let me let me I take a look. A little peek at the first class, and it's never it's never reasonable. You're like, oh my god. You'd think if, if it was like eighty bucks more, I'd think about it, right? Like yeah. if it was like, I don't know. I'm saying, uh, I don't know. I, to be fair, like I joke about it. Like I don't know. I've never flown anything but coach. It seems just fine. I'm here's just here's the thing about a guy like Scott Pruitt is if you want to fly first class because people are mean to you and coach, I'm sure they are because like you're you're a really evil guy and you're killing, <laughs> and you're killing the planet, and so you know. People tell you that. I mean, you made your bed, you'd sleep in it. But if you want to fly first class, don't lie to me and tell me you don't have the money. Pay for it your damn self. That's, That's true. all He's it is. He's got money. 
don't just like put it on your like cabinet credit card or whatever you think it might be. <laughs> Pay for it yourself if you want to fly. You've got the money. I mean, all of these oil companies that you keep literally murdering the earth for have paid you more than enough money to be a sellout. So take some of that sellout money that you've got and buy your own ticket. Yeah, I think it's, it's a very half-assed uh, excuse for why he has to fly. But I think that's the problem is he only has to come up with like a weak half-ass excuse and then no one will talk about it anymore. That's one of my favorite things about all these different like old men getting in trouble in the government and all these like hapless idiots that keep getting caught doing dumb stuff. As you can tell with so many of them, they're just guys who have never had to answer for any other no. dumb shit. Yeah. And they've been like bad guys for 40 or 50 years. And now finally they got like one of the few jobs where you can't just hide and like do your own thing and you're in the government where all eyes are on you and they're just like... Uh, what, what do you mean this was illegal? Because if had I known this was illegal, I would... <laughs> and, like, they're sir, just making stuff sir. up, and it's fun to watch them all, like, fold up. Yeah, no, it's... It's it's always entertaining. I hope the folding continues on and on. Uh, so, two sort of outrageous news stories this week before we close up. Um, so, I'm just going to give you the headline because it's worth it. After fourth DUI... Man argues that legal limit discriminates against alcoholics. Guys, do you think the legal limit is too high for all these alcoholics out there? I think everyone's trying to have something nowadays <laughs> discriminate against. Uh, just the balls <laughs> on this guy. The balls. I give him credit for... <laughs> if I were to have a candid one-on-one -on -one conversation with this man, probably over beer because he's drunk all the time, <laughs> what I would tell him is that I understand what you're trying to say. I get the point that you're making, but you're well, silly if you think that anybody's ever going to let that fly well, as a good enough reason. Here's his more nuanced point, right? He argues that the state's driving limit of 0 0.08 blood alcohol concentration ignores the, quote, higher tolerance that frequent drinkers have to the effects mm -hmm. of liquor. Yeah. Yeah. The protected class of alcoholics. I feel like that's a... It's a tough argument it's a to stretch. sell. It's one of those it's things. Like, man, I, listen, I get what you're saying, but no, no, thank you. <laughs> like, I understand. Look, I, I'm not stupid. I understand the idea that if you and I and Heather are sitting here drinking shots of alcohol, we will get drunk at different rates because we are different sizes, right? Well, even furthermore, because yeah. it's not not even as much about size, but it's about tolerance. Tolerance, yeah. That's right. where it really. That's where the difference really comes into play. That's true. Uh, I don't drink all that much. Heather is a, a craven alcoholic, so she can drink. Mm -hmm. I'll drink. <laughs> she can drink you under the table. Yeah, yeah. I'm That's drunk true. right now. <laughs> She's drunk all the time. That's how she gets through the history lessons. <laughs> all right. Hold on a second. All right. Good. Good. All right. Good. Great. We had to throw history in there. Great. Uh, and. <laughs> Okay, so this was my favorite story of the week, and now I've turned against it. So earlier this week, uh, I didn't go see Black Panther this weekend. I was going to go with Aaron Higgins to go see Black Panther on Saturday. Deathly ill. And I was deathly ill. But I, would, I still, still want to go see it. So over my vacation days, I'm going to go see it this week. Um, two uh, kids <laughs> dressed oh, as a tall man <laughs> in a trench coat <laughs> and hat were unable to gain access to Black Panther this weekend. <laughs> and I really... And there's a picture for some bad radio <laughs> of the oh. people. And it's funny, but here's the part that uh, this is number two, part two of Sam's new segment, Old Man Yells at the Crowd Media. Uh, um, this story is ruined for me by social media because now, looking at the picture, I know I think to myself, those two kids knew they weren't getting into this movie. No, this of is, course not. This is all a scam. I love it. I only, nine feet tall. This, <laughs> story, this story is funnier to me if these two kids... 
legitimately thought they had a chance of getting into the movie, right? Like, now I know that they're doing it as hope that they will go viral, and they're doing it as shtick. So, it's not that it's still not funny to me, it just, it's not, I'm like, I know what you're doing, and I am upset that I didn't think about it earlier. You and I should do that sometime, Kevin. You're very, like, like just a 14 foot tall man. I've got, I'll I'll literally buy you any movie ticket that you want. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't try to climb up on top of me in a long stretch coat. Oh my god. Alright, and last but not least, uh, while I was in the, the throes of sickness this week, I watched a lot of uh, Amazon Prime uh, television, particularly like, we watched a lot of nature television. We watched uh, Survivor Man, which is the show where the guy lives for seven days out in the wilderness in various locales and tries to survive by only his wits. And then we also watched The River Monsters, where the guy catches the big fish. Uh, so those are pretty, you don't like that one? I, I don't see like it. that one. You don't River like Monsters that one? Kind of it's like scam. swamp people, too. Like I, I like River Monsters. It is kind of a scam. It could definitely be condensed to a YouTube show mm-hmm. that just shows him catching. It could be catching. eight minutes long. It could be yeah, eight minutes long. Just show me the yeah. fish. I know, we wait the whole time. <laughs> it's a lot of see any dramatic reenactments of stories you've been told about villagers <laughs> getting chopped in half. Show me the fish. Yeah, the I know fish. you've got it. You wouldn't have made the episode if you didn't have the fish. <laughs> show me the fish. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like 40 minutes of preambles, like the witch doctor showed me the way upstream. <laughs> I used my largest laws to pull him out of the darkness. For three days, I stood on the side of the beach like, show me the fish! Pretty Come on! You're killing, you're killing me. Uh, Survivor Man, though, he's legit. He's got all the tools. He's doing it all. Kevin, you were, you were pitching this to me earlier about where I feel like I could survive best. Like in each, There's a lot of locations he went to. He was in the mountains. He was in the desert. The jungle, the forest, the, the jungle. Float on a raft. Float the on Arctic, a raft. The swamp. The swamp. So, Heather, I'll give you a couple. There's a lot of choices. If you were stuck for seven days in one of these locales, where would you want to be stuck? You feel like you could survive the best? All you've got is like a knife and a multi tool. <laughs> multi tool, a knife. What else could you have? I suppose he always has some like weird miscellaneous stuff. You can have like, like a, a mountain. You could have an umbrella. <laughs> I don't know. If I can have an umbrella and a knife. <laughs> <laughs> knife. Certainly, I don't want to go anywhere cold. That's my first thought. Yeah. Like he was out in the woods and like the desert w- would also be horrible. Desert's the, the one, definitely the one I was going to want to be in. Yeah, a lot of bugs and poison shit out in the hot. desert. It's mm. hot and dehydration. Well, it's hot in the day and then freezing Pretty cold bad. at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like my thought was a couple things. Um, I feel like uh, the Shepard is pretty good. That's like the shrubland. I'm talking about like yeah. like the plains, yeah, <clears throat> or the boreal forest, which is like yeah. uh, just regular like temperate forest. Yeah, yeah, but like the Canada ones, it's okay. a little colder, <laughs> and there's like more bears, I suppose. That's All right, I mean, maybe I don't want that. I feel like if you got caught in anything, it'd be like a raft on a lake. <laughs> so I, I watched the raft on a lake. I watched. <laughs> I watched the raft <laughs> one. We were like twenty feet from. Him. All right, so let me. Okay, so this guy is on a damn raft, right? And he's in the water. For like four days on a raft, what do you do? Nothing. Nothing. Just, you just he didn't have a, hope. nothing. He you, plays the harmonica, which is it's a survivor man. He's so, very he's so confident. I I don't know. I think that would be the thing that would probably get you if you were stuck in like some locale like that. For like you'd just go insane, right? From like. Depending, the raft is different. If you're in the woods, I feel like you're probably all right. You can do like wood stuff. Like if you're think, trapped in the Adirondacks for seven days with. If you've got a knife, a multi-tool, and 
you know, some waterproof matches, it's not going to be a glamorous seven days, but you can probably yeah, yeah, stick right. it out as long as you can find maybe something. You can probably No bears. No bears. If you don't encounter any bears, yeah, yeah. certainly. Uh, black bears are easier to scare off. A grizzly bear does not care if you try to scare it. No. It's no. actually, it likes to toy with you. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. I'm saying, like, the Adirondack bears is different than those Canadian bears that yeah, you're talking about. Cool. Yeah, the boreal forests. Uh, the swamp seems crummy. I'm going to watch that one later swamp on. Swamp would be bad. Disgusting. Yeah, like gators. Mm. Uh, also, I've decided in general. snakes. Yeah, snakes. Yeah. Swamp snakes. Uh, I did see something on uh, Reddit before we leave about people in Australia taking pictures of these spiders that are showing up in their houses. Like, just these gigantic, like, huntsman spiders. And they're I don't like, like the way you say showing up. Gigantic. What do you mean by. They're huge. Spiders. They're like this big. No. And, like, people Side are like. my hand? No, yeah, oh, they're like huge. taking pictures of them and putting them on the internet. And I'm like, why? Wow, are never... they the ones that jump at you? And stuff? I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to say can... yes because you I look uncomfortable spiders. by it. They can jump up to 30 meters. Whatever. <laughs> That's 90 feet. I entirely made that up. Probably. Yeah, don't go to Australia. It seems crummy. Uh, all right, that's it. Uh, we've made it to the end of the show. You can follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWaz1. Follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Kevin, enjoy your trip to Florida. Yeah, fine. Yes, thank you. Uh, follow the show, Udcast. Uh, you I probably won't be here next week. That's My true. plane lands at like 9 o'clock Monday night, so I probably won't be on the show next week. Mm, very unless you guys want to like wait and do it late. <laughs> uh, we'll discuss that afterwards, unless you want to do it with Justin. You just want to do it ourselves, yeah. just you and I. I'm gonna do, do my own plane cast. Next you know what week. I can Everybody do? Everybody tune in for my plane cast. You know what I? Could, you know what we can do? I, I have an idea. We'll come up with something. Okay. We're gonna come up with something. Okay. Uh, we'll figure something out for next week while Kevin's on vacation. Um, that's it, folks. Sinara humanoids. Uh, happy Rusev Day. Uh, Woodstock lives. Keep it tight. <laughs> that's it. And we will see you guys uh, next week in some fashion.